And a lot of times in the process, you're scaring away your best clients by creating processes and rules and situations to tame your worst clients when really, now this is a scary thing for people, but really you should be letting those clients go. You are an amazing human being. You're a coach or expert who works hard to make a positive difference for your clients. I'm Joss Willard, and my mission is to help good coaches like you make great profits so you can live an amazing life helping the people you're meant to serve. This podcast is here to help with that. We'll be bringing you the information, resources, experts, and perspectives to allow your practice to make a difference, support the life you want, and reward you fairly and well for the impact that you bring. Welcome to Profit for Coaches. Hey folks, welcome to Profit for Coaches. I'm your host, Joss Willard. And today's episode is a great episode. We're having a conversation with a friend of mine named Donna Lyons. And Donna is the president and co-founder of Pumpkin Plan Your Biz. She is on a mission to save small businesses from extinction by providing tools, strategy, training, and support to business professionals who want to make a big impact as small business growth strategists. Listen, if you're a business coach, let's face it, most of us wind up reinventing the wheel with every single client, right? We produce inconsistent results for our clients. We produce a ton of mental burnout for ourselves because we try and just kind of do it from scratch and wing it. And Donna had done the same thing early on in her career as a business coach and she found herself burned out. And so she actually got smart and she partnered with Mike Michalowicz. And we know that name. Mike Michalowicz is the author of uh, Profit First. He's the author of Pumpkin Plan, uh, The Pumpkin Plan and a whole bunch of other books. And what they did is they got together and created a repeatable business growth process based on the strategies in the book, The Pumpkin Plan. And so today, Donna spearheads the training, certification, and continued development of that proven business growth program so that certified pumpkin plan strategists can easily and consistently deliver high value to more clients. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the concepts of strategy versus tactics. We're going to talk about finding your sweet spot, your special seed, how to identify your top clients, and a unique offering that they care about. We're going to talk about how the pumpkin plan certification program works and can provide you if you're a business coach looking for a system that will help you to deliver consistent value and results for your clients. We're going to talk about how that works. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to have a ton of laughs. So enjoy the episode. Real quick, before we get started, I want to make sure that the time you invest here is profitable. And the best way to do that is to make sure you grab a copy of the free ebook, The Four Must-Haves for a Profitable Coaching Practice. It's absolutely free. It's worth every penny. It outlines the four areas that every profitable coaching practice on the planet has in common. And thus, they're the four things that you must have nailed down in your coaching practice if you want it to be consistently profitable. So if you want an easy to understand, very specific tool that makes it crystal clear where to be focusing your attention in your practice and what you can safely ignore to ensure that your practice is consistently profitable and supports the life that you want to be living, go to ProfitForCoaches.com and download your copy of the four must-haves for a profitable coaching practice today. Donna Lyons, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Joss. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Like we talked a little bit off off air about what we we're going to talk about today. And I'm I'm excited because one of the things is strategy versus tactics. And I've done some episodes on that. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And we'll get into that in a bit. But first, for the benefit of those in the audience who don't know who you are and and where you came from, I mean, they'll they'll hear the introduction and everything. But tell me a little bit about how did you get to where you are today. How'd you get here? Honestly, my story may be similar to a lot of people who are listening. Um, 
I started out doing the corporate thing. Uh, I had a job. I have an MBA in finance and I was kind of miserable. <laughs> and I dreamed of having my own business someday. And uh, when I, I transitioned to take care of my kids, I had very young kids and I thought this is the time to start my business my business. So I started my first business with a partner when my kids were very little. One thing I can say, we were actually always profitable, but that's pretty much the only thing I can say because we made a ton of other mistakes along the way. We had no idea what we were doing, really. We, we, were, we were doing a lot of tactics, actually, and had very little strategy. Um, but we did, we knew enough, we knew how to how to be profitable and how to make sure that we were selling more than we were investing. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of things that you just don't know until either somebody tells you or you do a lot of trial and error. So it was a jewelry company. It was actually a great experience. It was a good business for that time in my life. But I did hit a crossroads where I thought, like, is this it for, for me? Like, is this my lifetime career? And the answer that I came up with was no. And uh, for a few reasons, first of all, I was burned out because I didn't learn everything I needed to know then. If I knew then what I know now might've been different, but I was on that endless cycle of, you know, sell, deliver, sell, deliver, and on and on, and wasn't sure how to get off of it. And uh, the other thing was I really wanted to do something more impactful, something that I felt like was making a difference in the world. So I decided to get trained and certified as a coach. And uh, I mean, that was life-changing for me. I was not really attuned to the self-development world before I went through coach training, which I found actually, it turns out was very strange because so many of the people there had gone through their own self-development work first. And I was just kind of like, I'm here to learn how to help other people. <laughs> and of course you learn a lot about yourself when you go through a program like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So did that, went out in the world, sort of armed with all my knowledge and my coaching skills, thinking I'm going to help so many people. And I really struggled because there is a huge difference between selling and delivering jewelry and selling and delivering coaching services. <laughs> so I had to learn how to sell coaching which is very different than I used to walk around in my own jewelry all the time and literally just sell it off my body, <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> which really made my business partner crazy. She's like, I don't understand how you do this. But I, I knew how to talk to people. If somebody complimented something, I knew how to very, uh, in a non-salesy way, talk to them about the opportunity for them to own it. <laughs> Um, coaching is a little different. So I had to learn how to present my coaching services in a way that appealed to my target audience. And I had to understand who my target audience was. There was a lot of work that I still had to do that you didn't learn in your coach certification process. Um, so when I, once I figured that all out, I, I still felt like there was something big missing because I was still frustrated and struggling, even though I now had clients and I'm thinking I should be sailing along, doing great. But what I didn't have was a good system. I had a lot of knowledge and skills, but not a process that I could follow for, you know, like those kind of consistent results that you want to be able to talk about. And I just felt like I was reinventing the wheel with every client. And so I decided I need something else. I'm not quite there yet. 
And that was when somebody happened to introduce me to Mike Michalowicz, who um, your listeners uh, hopefully already know who Mike is. He's a very prolific business author um, at the time and a, an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur. And at the time, he was about to publish The Pumpkin Plan. And he had this brilliant idea that he wanted to start a coaching company around the methods in The Pumpkin Plan. And we decided to partner up and do that together. And, um, and now I am the president of Pumpkin Plan Your Biz. Uh, this is almost 10 years later. Actually, the 10-year anniversary of the Pumpkin Plan is coming up next year. I can hardly believe it. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And um, we have been, uh, since 2013, we've been training and certifying business coaches in our program so that they can get the same great results for themselves and their clients. So that's my story. Awesome. That's a great story. And I think it's probably, you know, one of one of the better decisions Mike has probably ever made would be partnering up with you. He, he And it's it's actually surprising to me. I figured because you're in the, the beautiful state of New Jersey, that you were one of the many people in Mike's sphere that Mike went to high school with at some point. Like, <laughs> no, we didn't. But we grew up about 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from each other. So same general vicinity. Yeah. But in Jersey, though, 20 minutes is like, why would you go that far? <laughs> Like the East Coast, it, it's it's so I grew up in the West, right? I grew up in in Oregon and Alaska, where you know how how um, you know how far is it to someone's house is measured in time, not distance. Right. It's like oh, well, it's like four hours to go there. Um, and it was always interesting to me when I would come and visit the East Coast. How it was like I've met people, particularly who grew up in Manhattan, who for generations of their family they've never left like a six square block radius, yeah. except for like once a year to make the grant the pilgrimage to Yankee Stadium or or the Meadowlands or wherever it was. Right. And I'm just like, how, like, how, how, how is your world six square blocks? I, I can believe that. It, well, the crazy thing is, so I grew up in New Jersey. I was born in New Jersey, grew up here, went to New York state for college. I, I always thought like, oh, I'm going to live all sorts of exotic places, but I lived in Manhattan for seven years after college and then back to New Jersey. Somehow I ended up where I started. I, li I currently live about 15 minutes away from where I grew up. So I, you know, there is a draw about, you know, staying in your, in your space. And some of it's about where your family is too. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, I just learned that New Jersey is the most congested state in the country. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. I mean, they like, sell a lot of Tissues we, like, or what? Yeah, no, it means like we have a very uh, dense population. Gotcha. We're the most densely populated state in gotcha. the country. People per square foot, or there are a lot of people right per square foot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's and that's another thing. Like that northeastern United States, like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Like, there's a lot of stacking. I mean, we build up. Yeah, you got a plot of yeah. land. Most places, it's like okay, you're gonna go four stories, maybe seven, and like in New York's like. No, that's a speed bump. Like in New Jersey, it's, you're going, we want to pack as many into that, that one building as we can. Yeah. I don't live in that type of a neighborhood. So we are, we are really suburban where I am. And actually five minutes for me is 
farmland. So we are congested, but we also have a lot of beautiful open space here in New Jersey, but maybe not as much as some of the other states where that I've driven through where I've been astonished at how long you can drive without really seeing any any sign of life, <laughs> to be honest, like not even a cow. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's where you see the sign on the highway that says, no, this is seriously, this is your last chance for gas for a hundred miles. You better stop. Yeah. Believe right. it. Believe it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, that's not an issue where, where I am. And, and it really is a small world because Mike and I, it turns out we're connected through a, a few different people mm-hmm. and place, you know, organizations because it's true. Like you think, oh, we must all know each other, but there's that six degree of separation, right? Six degrees of separation where, okay, I didn't know him until a certain point in my life, but we have all these other. Yeah. uh, When you go and dig, it's like, oh, we just missed each other here and just missed each other there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was fortuitous that I met him when I did, which by the way, we have our own good story about (laughs) when we met in the middle of an ice storm, when like, Basically, like the whole state was blacked out. <laughs> I think I've heard part of that story, or he tells probably, it in the books. Probably, yeah. I have a little bit of a healthy competition with him, except I don't think he knows it. But <laughs> whenever we are both on a podcast, like not far apart from each other, mm-hmm. he's always just one ahead of me in popularity. <laughs> like if he if his episode is number one, mine is number two. Gotcha. Like we it's happened in like we did a um a summit where we both spoke at the summit mm-hmm. and his was like the third most popular and mine was the fourth. And I'm like, oh, I just can't get ahead of him. <laughs> gotcha. Well, for for this podcast, his episode is one of the top three as far as most. Okay, so, so I've got to meet the bar. Yep. Okay. So I will work at that. Gauntlet has I, been I'm, thrown. We're going to work at making this the best episode you've ever done. <laughs> All righty. Well, I mean, you've already upped it a bit just by being here. Well, thank um, you. So so let's try and do that by adding some value, shall we? So let's talk Absolutely. a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about that concept, which is one of my favorites. And the illustration I like to use is, you know, World War II, Yamamoto, who was the, the Grand Admiral of, of the Japanese Navy, he knew that it would take a miracle for... Japan to beat the United States in a war. Like if Japan brought the United States in a war, he he knew it would take a miracle for Japan to win that. But the closest thing, or and the closest thing that he could come up with as a miracle was to destroy like half or more of the US fleet in port at Pearl Harbor. He launched the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. It was brilliantly executed. It did almost exactly what he wanted or expected it to do. Tactically, it was brilliantly executed. Strategically, giant mistake. And they wound up paying for it. It took time, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is the the lesson of that is that bad strategy, even brilliantly executed, is still bad strategy. And a collection of great tactics that are not put together in a strategy is bad strategy. I don't care how brilliant you are at executing that particular tactic. If you can't put it together in an overall strategy, you're you're wasting time. Yes. I completely agree with that. Excellent. So tell me for your story uh, or your illustration, your take on the most small businesses get stuck in the strategy or, or get stuck without strategy. Like what's. Yeah. I mean, because most small businesses start with an idea. I just had dinner with friends the other night and uh, am one of the cu- member of the couple. He creates pottery, okay. beautiful pottery. He's retired 
And now he creates pottery. And I, the words came out of my mouth and I was like, don't say this. You could sell this. (laughs) You could sell this. And I'm thinking, but don't, this is what happens. People Mm -hmm. say to you, you're so good at this. You should turn this into a business. And what happens is sometimes that person says, yes, you're right. I want to turn this into a business. And maybe it's just, you're really good at what you do and you're tired of doing it for someone else. So you decide you want to do it for yourself. Or maybe you have an idea. I have an idea for something different. Whatever uh, motivates you to become your, your own boss, to become this business owner, you usually jump in with both feet, hit the ground running, do whatever you can to get the word out, start selling, start delivering. And if it's a good idea, you get to a certain point where, you know, you, you grow, you get, you get business, you get clients, you get, you get money coming Mm -hmm. in, which is good. Hopefully you're making more money than you're putting out. That doesn't always happen. Um, But what happens eventually is that um, they get stuck. They can't grow any further. And what got them there won't get them any further because they started with an idea, they implemented some tactics, they found some that worked, but they never had an underlying strategy. Most businesses don't start with an underlying strategy unless you're like, you know, you've got a lot of seed money and you're Mm -hmm. started, you know, you're really starting big with venture capital, capital, and you have a lot of help with your business planning. So they don't have an underlying strategy. What I mean by that is their tactics are basically throwing spaghetti at the wall. Somebody says, oh, you need to do Facebook advertising because that's where everybody's making money. So they try Facebook advertising. Or uh, I remember when Twitter first was a thing and I remember having, being in a, a group where we had a speaker who came in to talk about Twitter. And she said, if you're not on Twitter, you're leaving money on the table. And mm-hmm. like every new thing, every clubhouse marketing, every product, every software product, everything for business. If you're not doing this, yep. you're missing out. Exactly. And it's all tactical. Yep. And then people don't understand. I don't understand. It works for everybody else. Why doesn't it work for me? Okay. And you're nodding your head. People can't see you nodding your head. So I'm 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 going to resist mm -hmm. the urge to just (laughs) nod back and I'm going to keep talking. Um, This happens a lot. Yes. And if what we have found at Pumpkin Plan Your Biz, based on the methods in the pumpkin plan is if you have a seed, so the the pumpkin plan is an analogy Mm -hmm. to growing a giant pumpkin. And the first step in growing a giant pumpkin is you actually need a seed that has the capacity to grow into a giant pumpkin. So tomato seeds don't work. No. Well, tomato seeds definitely don't work for pumpkins. But even if you went to your local farm store and bought a regular packet of pumpkin seeds Mm -hmm. and tried to plant them, you would get normal size pumpkins. Right. You would not, no matter how hard you tried, those little pumpkins would not grow into a one-ton pumpkin because the seed that you started with doesn't have the capacity to grow that big. Right. You need a seed that does. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with your business. You need an underlying strategy that gives you the capacity to get to where you want to go. Right. So as an example, our retired uh, potter who throws his bowls or whatever, one at a time on a wheel. It takes him a day to do one or it takes him three hours to do one. He doesn't have the capacity by himself 
with his own wheel in his backyard that he's probably kicking himself, doesn't even have a, a motor on it. He's not going to be doing a thousand pots a week. The, just the capacity isn't there. Exactly. So if he thought to himself, I'm such a brilliant potter and I make such beautiful pottery and I'm going to be I'm going to be in a thousand stores across the United States by next year. That's great. How are you going to get there? Yeah. Right. You're not you're right. You're not going to get there by making one pot at a time on the wheel in your backyard. You need a strategy. You need an underlying strategy, not just to produce them, but also how are you going to find your target audience. Mm. What is what is that strategy? Okay. And so there's a there's there are elements that go into the strategy. And once you understand what those elements are for you, then everything else you do can stem from that. Right. So you can check back in with your strategy and say, okay, where should I be marketing? What should my message be? What systems do I need in place? What software or employees do I need to support that? All of that stems from your underlying strategy. If you don't have a strategy, like I said, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall, darts at a dartboard, whatever metaphor you mm -hmm. want to use, you're just going to get frustrated. So if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're suggesting is that we should not choose the software that we're going to use, the marketing system that we're going to use, the CRM system that we're going to, like whatever it is, we shouldn't choose that based on the flashiest ad that shows up on our Facebook feed or Twitter or the whatever. Pixel. Yeah. It's the Facebook pixel that yeah. will, you know, follow you around, around from, for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. So that's not Probably how we should. Probably not. Okay. No. <laughs> gotcha. So rather than just whatever ad comes up, all well, the ad keeps coming up. It gets into small circle theory, actually, where if, if everywhere you look in your small circle, you see somebody showing up, you assume they're, they're big everywhere else, which is why the pixel can be so effective. But if you're not choosing based on, well, I see this, I see that, I see this, how do we choose tools based on this strategy, based on, okay, well, I've got this seed, uh, I build a strategy around this seed. How do you take that and go, okay, because of the strategy, I know I need X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So basically the strategy is based on this idea of your sweet spot. Okay. So your sweet spot is the intersection of three elements of your business, okay. your ideal clients or your top clients. Mm -hmm. So who are you speaking to specifically? Mm -hmm. It's about creating a niche, not or niche, depending on uh, you how from? you like to say it. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't know who you're speaking to, you're basically speaking to no one. Right. And a lot of businesses, when they start, they're not focused on the person or the company that they're trying to attract. They're focused on, well, what kind of language are my competitors using? I'll just use the same. Yep. Or what will attract the most people? Broadest net. The broadest net. Exactly. Yep. Big mistake because nobody resonates with general language. No. People resonate when they see themselves in what yeah. you're saying. So Absolutely. that's the first piece of your strategy. You have to know who you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. The second piece of your strategy that you need to know is what makes you unique? What makes you different? Why would they choose you versus somebody else? Mm -hmm. And that has to match what your ideal or your top clients want and need from you. Mm -hmm. So you could be really far out, crazy different, but if your clients that you're trying to attract are like, wow, that dude is just really weird. 
<laughs> that's yep. not going to work for you. <laughs> no, you have to have something unique about you that your ideal clients care about and mm. that attracts them. And you're delivering on that. You don't just say it, you actually deliver on it. So yes. that takes a little work to try to understand what that thing is. And I'm going to tell you that it's usually not the thing that you think it is. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent agree. It's, it's a very hard question to answer. What makes, what makes you different? Me, I make me different because nobody's mm -hmm. like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. That yep. doesn't really help. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't attract other, you know, people into your business or the other answer is because I'm the best but everybody thinks they're the best. So that that doesn't really work either. So you, you really have to understand what is the thing that you do really well that matches what your client niche wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece of it is having the systems and processes in place that will help you grow and deliver that unique offering to your ideal clients. They have to intersect. So if Sometimes you're creating systems. This happens all the time. Who are you serving with a lot of your systems? You're serving your worst client, the people yep. that you don't want more of because you're trying to deal with the problem clients instead mm -hmm. of serving your best clients. How can I make this easier for my problem clients to be slightly less of a problem for me? Exactly. And a lot yep. of times in the process, you're scaring away your best clients by yes. creating processes and rules and situations to tame your worst clients when really, now this is a scary thing for people, but really you should be letting those clients go. The ones that are not great for your business, you shouldn't be accommodating them. And I'm not saying be a jerk. <laughs> don't, don't do anything that's going to get you bad reviews online or anything <laughs> like that. But I'm saying you're not trying to please those people or those clients or those companies that are really making it difficult for you to deliver your best work, yep. your best, you know, to do your best. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is the book yourself, solid velvet room, mm -hmm. uh, same, yep. same idea. Yep. So there's some people you're meant to serve and others, not so much. Exactly. Exactly. And if you can get really clear on that and it's a process, I know mm -hmm. at pumpkin plan, your biz, we have over the years gotten better and better and better at identifying who is a really good fit for our strategist program and who is not because we don't we don't want you to join us if it's not going to work for you yeah um and so that it is a process but if you're aware of it you can start to identify it and then your systems and processes serve that client or sir, or deliver that product that's really your best product versus maybe, and this happens with coaches a lot. I see this. People say, oh, you should create a course out of that. And you should do <laughs> a group program with that. And you should, and yep. people tell you, you should, you should, you should. And then if you really dive in, some of these programs that coaches are adding, some of them are a great idea and are right in line with your sweet spot and others are just a distraction. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, it's it really makes sense to make sure that all three of those elements work with each other. And mm -hmm. that's your underlying strategy. And then you understand what you're trying to do. So it, especially like if you're buying a piece of software, like software as a service. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first thing, like if you actually talk to a salesperson, the first thing they're going to ask you is, well, what do you want the software to do for you? Yes. If you don't know the answer to that question, you're not going to end up with something that's going to serve you well, no. or you'll end up paying for something that has a lot of features that you don't need and not the features that you do need. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's why we say, 
you might not start with strategy on day one, but have it in mind. And at some point, a business, a small business that's growing will hit that roadblock and will need to stop, stop focusing on the day to day and take a step back and work on their strategy before they can keep going. So you, as the head of Pumpkin Planner Biz, you spend a good portion of your time teaching, your folks are called strategists. So teaching coaches and strategists how to work with their clients to get the result that their client wants. Yes. What's, and we've, we've sort of talked about this before, the, one of the biggest mistakes that coaches or strategists typically make in trying to help their clients get a result is what? Well, that's interesting because I was just working on something right before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there are a few mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. A couple, one mistake is just not being on the same page with your client's goals. Okay. Right. So in other words, and so I, recommend that you have a system or process. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that what you are trying to help them do with your system is what they actually are trying to achieve. Yes, absolutely. So sometimes you're just not on the same page and then the client is going to be frustrated because they're like, I'm not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And the coach is going to be frustrated because they're like, the client isn't doing what they're supposed to do. Um, So really like at the very beginning of our program, we start with objectives and goals and we make sure that you really dig into, you know, what is it that this client wants and needs? Hammer nail syndrome. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You could have all the best intentions for your client, but if you're trying to help them figure out their ideal client and their systems are a mess and it's like making their life a living hell, (laughs) you really need to look at, okay, how can I help them get out of that really bad space before we can go back and say, all right, now let's look at maybe part of that hell is is you have some bad clients, for example. Yep, yep. absolutely. You know, so that's, because uh, you talked in your story about how you had, you went to get, you got your coaching certification. You were like, I'm new to this whole self-improvement gig. And there's a bunch of people in there who are like, oh no, self-improvement, that's what I do. And, I'm, and so many coaches in the world are people who have had a problem or, or a challenge in their life or their business. And they found one solution that made a massive difference for them. And so what they do is they become an evangelist for that solution. And sometimes they'll go pay five, 10, 15, $20,000, whatever, sometimes $500 to get certified in whatever that, that system is, right? Uh, I read the book or I, I went to the class and then I found out that I could pay $5,000 and become a certified XYZ practitioner. And then they go out and they realize like you did, there's not a huge, there's, there's not like this, this line of people beating down their door to come work with them. So they get into this scarcity because for them, it is scarce. Like there's, there's not a lot of business out there. So then they start going, well, I can, I've got this tool that does this specific thing, but it can also do this, or I can also help you with that. Or they, and they start mismatching with clients just so they can get the client to pay them so that they can feed their kids or whatever it is that they need to do. And I think that you're, you're absolutely right in that that mistake comes in, into play there of, is this really about what your client wants and needs? Or is this about what you can deliver and make money with, whether it's the right fit or not? Yeah. And there are, there are a lot of ways that you can determine who's the right, who really needs your services. Mm-hmm. So if you get really clear on the problems that you solve, exactly, then you go out and you look for people who need that problem solved. 
and who like the the methods that you're going to use to solve it. Absolutely. Um, which is the great thing about having a book behind you because you can say, if you love this book, I'm going to help you implement this. And one thing that we've done at Pumpkin Plan Your Biz, it's not just a regurgitation of the book. We have expanded on, you know, the book has maybe like 10 tools in it or something. And we've got 40 different tools that basically help you think through the situation, whatever you're working on, help you think through it in a way that show gives you clarity and helps you think outside the box as opposed to kind of that that little box that you've been stuck in and you can't find the solution. Um, so that's what all of the tools are meant to do, just to get you thinking about things in a new way and to see your business differently and to come up with solutions that are really unique to your business. So that's the other thing that I love about the way we've develop the pumpkin plan system because some systems are, you're right. You follow step one, step two, step three, you have to do it just like I did it. And if you don't, then, you know, it doesn't work. What we're doing is giving you a process to find, help you as the coach find a unique and customized solution for each client, but in a systematized way. Right. If that makes sense. So you're not completely recreating your coaching practice for every client. You're definitely not. So you have a set of tools. You can go and order. You can pull out the ones that you need based on what your client needs. Mm -hmm. But you have those tools to rely on to start that conversation, to ask the questions. I mean, I, the people who are listening who have gone through coach training know that coaching is about having better questions. Yeah. And when you ask good questions, that leads to good solutions. Yep. And so this is a coaching-based business program, meaning it's not pure, like, I'll never give you advice ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it asks the right questions to lead you to the answers that are right for your business. So if right. I'm coaching two different chiropractors, let's say, the answer and the strategy that I have for one chiropractor might be completely different than it is for the other, but the process to get there is the same. In other words, we're still identifying who is your ideal client, what makes you unique, Mm -hmm. and different from the other chiropractor that I'm working with. And what are the systems that will work for your business? Yeah. So it's the same bones, but different specifics. Right. Well, and I think that that addresses, like I have so many clients that I'll sit down with, or even just people that I talk to, because I, I talk, I do presentations all the time and I talk to people in the audience and it'll be like, well, who do you help? Right. Or what do you, what do you hope that? Well, there's so many different outcomes. Like everybody is unique. It's like, well, yeah, everyone's unique and everyone's for, but you still need to have a process. Like you still need, like I'll ask them, how do you help a client? Well, it, it varies. It depends on what the client needs. No, the system, like how you help a client is the same or should be the same. Assuming that you're not just one of those many, many coaches who's out there just going, whoever will give me money, I will help you however it is that I can help you. It's like, stop doing that. That's going to make you broke and it's going to make those people not get the best results they can get. Pick the people you're supposed to help, figure out what it is that they need from you, and then figure out 
either either invent it from scratch, which is a really hard way to do it, or go get someone else's IP that is a system that will allow you to help the people that you are meant to help get to their answer. Their answers are all going to be different, absolutely, because they start from different places. But this idea that your system for helping them needs to be different. I'm just an intuitive and I just, you know, I feel my way through it. It's like, okay, I'm cool with intuitives. Don't get me wrong. But even as an intuitive who feels your way through it, you at least need to have certain questions that you typically ask. You at least have the same place you start, right? Like, why are you here if nothing else? How does Pumpkin Plan, because you have a number of strategists, how do you help your strategists avoid that sort of mucky mess of, well, I just need to figure it out. Like what's the system that works? Yeah. Well, let me first say that I completely relate to the story you just told, because that was me when I first graduated from my coaching program. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can help you with whatever you need because <laughs> I'm that good. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. But because that's what they, they actually teach you that at least in the program that I was in, they really did teach you how to coach anybody. Mm-hmm. And so, but they didn't tell you go out and coach anybody and everybody. They did tell you like pick an area. Um, But even within business coaching, there are so many different angles and, and ways that you can help somebody as a coach. And I had no idea what I was. I was like, (laughs) what do you need? (laughs) That was me. And guess what? That did not attract a lot of clients. Weird. And I know. That was my lesson number one. I have to decide what, even if I know I could help people with a zillion different things, I have to decide what is it that I really want to help them with. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we, we tell our pumpkin plant strategists. You need to pumpkin plan your own business first. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do that, that pick a niche. Okay. I've got a, I've got one strategist. She's fabulous. She, um, she specifically, decided her niche was going to be CPA firms. She's not a CPA, but CPAs need help, right? Yes. They, yes, they need they help with their businesses. They're good with what they do, but like any other business, selling is not always easy for them. Strategy, um, growth, all of those things they struggle with. Yep. So what she decided was, I'm going to focus in on a niche Mm-hmm. And I am going to target all of my systems towards their biggest problem, which is, you know, shockingly enough, profitable growth. Yes. <laughs> um, a lot of the, and a lot of the, and also like they're just working too hard. They're yeah. doing all the work themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so she focused in on what their specific problems were and spoke directly to those issues and how she was going to help them using the pumpkin plan strategies. Mm-hmm. And um, within less than six months, she had tripled the size of her business and was full. No more room for more clients. Time to raise prices. Right. So now we're talking about like, well, what are her next steps? Um, uh-huh. But my point is that this is the kind of strategy we have. We have, we have other strategists who they pick a niche They're also, so a lot of our strategists are also profit first professionals and they may say, okay, I am going to target my work, my profit work and my pumpkin plan work in a specific niche and create sort of new tools that are geared just for that industry. Because now I understand what the specific problems are of that industry. So if you are a business coach 
that works with businesses, right? That's what business coaches do. But if you work with businesses, if you pick one or two industries that are very similar to each other, they have their own specific challenges that a different kind of business may not have. And I will tell you, when I used to work with multiple types of businesses, one of the most common refrains was, well, my business is different. It's different. My business yep. is different. My business is different. Well, so you want yep. to show your clients that you really understand them and you really understand their, their problems. So the pumpkin plan has all of that built in. So the first thing we do when we are teaching, it's the same thing like when I got certified as a coach, I had to learn all of the techniques by doing it myself. Mm-hmm right? I was coaching and getting coached. And it's the same thing with our program. And I'm assuming with most other programs that are similar that are out there, and I know it's the same with Profit First, you need to apply it to your own business and walk the talk. And when you do, you see the results in your own business. So that's really the first thing we do is support them in pumpkin planning their own business. And then of course, all the other advice that goes with it, like oh, this has come up. What do I do here? Or what do I do there? You now have this whole community of strategists, many of whom have been there, done that, who can share that uh, experience, their own experience and advice with you. So there are a lot of ways that we support our strategists, but my goal is for all of our strategists to be super successful so that their clients are super successful because that multiplies the impact that I'm having on the world. You and I have a, n- a number of similarities, p- part of the reason that we have, we're having this conversation. And it, for me, it's that same thing. It's that idea that there are way more people out there that need coaching than any one business coach or any one coach of any kind could get to. And so for me, I can help more of those businesses or more of those people, more of those people that need coaching by making sure that the coaches who are meant to help them have profitable coaching practices. And I think for you, it's the same thing. In particular, business owners that need a pumpkin plan strategist to help them get to where they want to go. Yeah, you could work with them and you could help them. But I think you have a larger impact by making sure that you have properly recruited. And I know one of the first things I was ever told about you was she does a really, really good job of making sure that only the right people get into pumpkin plan. You've got a pretty rigorous- I have a thick velvet rope. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, So, but by doing that and then helping those people, your ideal clients within your target market, those, those coaches or strategists that you can do your best work with, they then can go out and do their best work with all of the people that they're meant to serve. And I really, I love that about the way that you do that with, with Pumpkin Plan Your Biz. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how you bring on those, those Pumpkin Plan strategists. I know it's like once or twice a year, you accept a new class or something. We do. So what we do is um, we have different parts to our training and a piece of it is self-paced. So you watch videos, you take quizzes, um, and that gets you to your certification. But we also meet once a month. That's where you get the interaction. You get to practice using the tools. We do a lot of role playing. We answer your questions. You get to know the other strategists. And we do that in classes. So we'll launch a group usually twice a year. And if you came in, if you decided we were in between launches, you could still join us. Everything's recorded and you just jump in where we are. But we do, we go through the whole program 
uh, each, in other words, we do like one module every month or every two, some modules take longer, we'll do two months. Uh, but it's really about that part of it is where you get the personal support. And, uh, you know, so this is not just like you go online and you're on your own. We really are there to try to give you that um, whatever support that you need. And a lot of it is I see these great relationships forming among the strategists. So they get to know each other. They help each other out. They share their expertise. Um, so, but yes, we usually, uh, we typically launch a new group in the spring and the fall. So in the fall, that means there's one coming up here soon. We do have one coming up soon. So one coming up. So a business coach who's out there listening, who has been kind of doing it on their own, or even if they've had another system, they've been doing okay, but they really like the sound of what they've heard. And they agree that, yes, I need a system. Let's take a look at Pumpkin Plan. What does that look like? Is it a fit for me? How would they go about starting that process of learning more about it and, and maybe raising their hands and saying, hey, Donna, can I see what this looks like? If they know, like, I am super interested in this and I'd like to go through the process, the best thing to do is to go to pumpkinplanyourbiz.com forward slash join and click on apply now and you can fill out an app an application and that will take you through a process of an informational interview and we'll send you more information. There's a lot of information already on that page. Okay. Um, and the other thing that they can do is we we do have a free guide that we are giving away for coaches called okay. uh, Three Mistakes Business Coaches Make That Are Costing Them Thousands. And if you download our free guide, you will also be on our email list and you will get updated as to when we are launching uh, our next class. And we usually, we will be doing a webinar to explain about the program and Excellent. the benefits. So if you're a business coach out there and you're listening, you're like, nope, this is, I'm, this sounds like what I want to do. Or you've read the pumpkin plan and you've just sort of been waffling on it. And you're like, you know what? No, I've hearing Donna talk. This is what I want to do. Go to pumpkinplanyourbiz.com slash join, fill out an application and, and raise your hand and, and get into that process. If you're not, if you're a business coach who's just like, okay, this is cool, but I don't listen to Joss's podcast so I can get pitched on things. That's fine. You just want free information and maybe you'll look into this. Go to pumpkinplanyourbiz.com slash guide, and we'll put links to both of these in the show notes. Download three mistakes business coaches make that are costing them thousands. Fix your own business coaching practice. And who knows, maybe uh, maybe you'll sign up for the next class or maybe you'll wait and sign up in the spring. Either way, it's a fine. Awesome. I'm so glad that you were here. I think we had a great conversation. Other than if somebody doesn't necessarily want to download the guide or, or fill out an application, where can people find you online, Nana? Okay. So we have pumpkinplanyourbiz.com has lots of information about the pumpkin plan. So that's one place to go and you can just click around. We also actually have, um, we have a Facebook page, Pumpkin Plan Your Biz, but we also have a free Facebook group for entrepreneurs called Pumpkin Planners Rock. So they can look for Pumpkin Planners Rock on Facebook, request to join. We just ask that you answer three questions. If you don't answer the questions, our admin won't even see your request and let you in. So you have to answer the questions. I don't care how you answer them, just answer them and we will let you in uh, and, and you can communicate. Uh, we do, we try to do a business related Facebook live every month where we have a guest. It's similar to a podcast and we do business topics 
in the group. And so you can either come live or, or you can watch the recording. And we also have great conversations where people talk about how they're pumpkin planning their business or just other uh, small business issues. So that's another place to find me. And we also have on Twitter, we are pumpkin plan biz. Okay. So there's no your in there. So it's pumpkin plan biz. We will put that in the show notes as well. So people can find you on, on Twitter and all the other places that you are in the social media world. Oh yeah. And we're on LinkedIn too. Same, same thing. Pumpkin plan your biz on LinkedIn. Yes. I think, um, I think your team got me the notes and we'll, we'll put that or got me those links. We'll put that in the show notes. It's going to be good. So one quick question for you, if there was only one thing, one action step. So somebody listening who as a coach wants to have a profitable business profit coaching practice, what's one thing you would tell them a step that they could take today to help their business be more profitable? Okay. So I'm going to say the number one thing that you can do today is to evaluate your clients. We have a top client assessment, but make a list of all your clients, see what your best clients have in common. So if you don't already have a niche, try to figure out where can you find your best clients congregating in the same place. So how can you define a niche? Because the reason why that makes your business more profitable is because your marketing can be super targeted. And if your marketing is targeted, you're going to get a much better return on your marketing. So you're not out there going in 25 different directions. You are very targeted and you're attracting exactly who you want to attract. And those best clients also make your business more profitable. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I've appreciated having you here and I'm going to look forward to probably having you back one day or I'm going to weasel my way into showing up on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. This, I could do this all day. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's... I just love talking business and, and talking about the things that I know will help coaches grow better businesses and small business owners grow better businesses. Awesome. That reminds me, that's one of the things I didn't ask. Do you have a podcast that people can find? Not yet, but I really want to start one this year. I don't know if I'll get to it in 2021, but if not 2021, 2022. But I do have my Facebook Lives that I do in the Pumpkin Planner Shop. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thanks for being here, Donna. I appreciate it. And we had fun. Thanks for being here. So hey, folks, really enjoyed having Donna on the show. And between the original recording and the time this has gone to air, Donna let me know that she and Mike Michalowicz have gotten together and they've decided to do a webinar slash masterclass for business coaches called Three Simple Steps to Grow Your Coaching Business. Uh, It's in addition to the other stuff that we talked about in the program, uh, but I think this is important. I think it's going to be valuable for you. If you're a business coach that wants to, or a business growth strategist that wants to add a great system to your business to make your business uh, profitable and growing and also help your clients, you really want to check out uh, this webinar. There's nothing in it for me, uh, but I'll put the link in the show notes. The URL is pumpkinplanyourbizbiz.com slash three steps. Again, that's pumpkinplanyourbiz.com slash three steps. And you get a chance to uh, join that webinar and learn from both Donna and Mike Michalowicz together. It's going to be a great show. Uh, Check it out. And we will catch you here next week for another episode of Profit for Coaches. Have a great week. That's it for this episode of Profit for Coaches. I've been your host, Joss Withard. To make sure you never miss a new episode, go to ProfitForCoaches.com to subscribe now. You'll also find all the show notes, resources, guides, links, freebies, and other goodies that we mention on the show. Plus, we've got some special bonuses there just for our subscribers. So to make sure you profit fully from this and each new episode of Profit for Coaches, go to ProfitForCoaches.com now.